At long last, I am able to say a few words of my own. Read my lips. Government is not the solution to our problem. Senator, good morning again in America. Well, look, Big Bird. Yes, we can. Government is the problem. Everybody to a liberal and a conservative walk into a bar. My name is Matt, and I'm a liberal. My name is Tim. I'm a conservative. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure and check out our website at libcon.podbean.com. Find us on Twitter. I'm at libconmatt. Tim's libcontim. Buy Tim's book on Amazon. It's called Things I Want. Uh, while we're back, uh, I think we'll just call that our summer break, perhaps. And you know, we won't we won't do that again. Um, but, uh, we, we, we've, we've, we've missed a bunch, but we're happy to, we're happy to see you. Uh, we're just going to play catch up and talk about all the, the myriad of just amazing things that have happened over the last month. Um, are, were, were you aware that our, that our last show was our 50th episode? I was not. What fun. We, we forgot to, we forgot to acknowledge that completely, but yeah, that was, uh, we, we've done this 50 times. So, Wow. Uh, Right, fifty fifty one now, and that's not even counting the like two or three times that you've forgotten to hit the record button. Right, yeah, <laughs> it is two or three times. Well, shit, what are you that's gonna a- do? I yeah, know. and I lost my microphone. It's just been a plethora of things. Well, I'd say you're a hot mess, but I think it just makes you a parent, frankly. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty in keeping with things. So, how are you? Are you well? I am. I'm in good. Um, you know, a lot of emotional turmoil for me. Um, but I guess we're going to talk about that later in the show. So. We will. Yeah, we've got we've like I say we've 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 got quite a lot to catch up on. The the, the president's been busy. Uh, busy, you know, busy bee. Busy, busy little bees. Uh, man, you know what? We we we've got it. We're we're coming off. I, I, it's funny. I was talking to a guy at work who knows that I, that I do this and uh, uh, this podcasting, and he and he said, "How do you how do you even put up with it?" And, and I said, what are, what are you talking about? And he goes, well, it's, you can't it, like every time, like if it takes you two days to put up a show, it's outdated two days later because more happens. And I was like, yeah, I know, you know, we tended to try to tape on Thursdays because Fridays are kind of dead days. And then we'd have it out, you know, Sunday, Monday, something like that. But then, you know, apparently Trump likes to tweet at 5 a.m. on Saturdays. So everything all hell breaks loose on Saturday. So there's just, there's no way to keep up with it. And I don't like, I was sitting down trying to figure out what the hell have we missed? And there's just so much. I don't even remember what was important, but we'll get to the, we'll get to this week, which was big with the shooting and everything a little bit later on. And then a couple of the, the, the two really big things that I think went down over the last month that we, we, we missed were Comey's testimony. Uh, and and withdrawing from Paris, uh, so let's start with the testimony thing, and we can, we can include Jeff Sessions and and his testimony. You know, we we had a couple of big people go testify in front of Congress. So, starting with Comey, what you know, I I thought it was a, a big ish deal. Obviously, it was big to have him go testify. I think what he didn't say and refused to talk about was potentially more important than what he did say. How so? What do you mean? Well, I mean, he had the, the, there were a couple of times when he said he was asked specifically, uh, is the president under investigation for this? Or, you know, did, do you think this person was party to these 
conversations or you, you know, do you think that this person is aware of this? And, and there were five or six times in there where he didn't, he, he basically came right out and said, I'm not going to say that to talk about that in an open session. And so I'm interested to see what comes out of that. Uh, I, first of all, this accusation from Trump that he's, a, that he's quote a leaker because he deliberately gave uh, some information to a buddy who was in the media. At that point, he was a private citizen. Yes. <clears throat> so I kind of feel like he had every right in the world to do what he wanted at that stage. Right. Yeah. That doesn't really seem to me. Did you hear about the that's not really a leak. Totally. Is it? I mean, that's, um, that's not really a leak. That's, that's a private citizen talking to a reporter, <laughs> I, right? Like, is that is that leaking? I don't feel like that's leaking. I I I don't either. I th- I thought that was I thought that was bullshit. And and again, it was it was more of of the Trump team's response. To, you know, they're, the, they they just they respond like ten year olds to everything. You know, they they find the two words and they pounce all over them and and uh, you know they just uh, oh my god, I there's this. There's this thing in Family Guy where there's this one character who like pops up every now and then who uh, looks at one of the characters and goes, "You're phony. You're a big fat phony," and he says that over and over again. And I kind of feel like that's that's what Trump does at the television every night. You're phony. You're a big fat phony, and then he wants all of us to believe it too. I I don't know. It's useless. What did you think of Comey's testimony? You tell me. I mean, I've liked Comey from the beginning. So this was more reasons for me to like Comey. He was very calm, very straightforward, uh, very honest uh, about everything that he talked about. Um, And it really did paint a picture of a guy who was doing everything he could uh, to protect the credibility of the FBI and the Justice Department, um, both when it came to how he dealt with Hillary Clinton and with how he has dealt with President Trump. Um, and I, I, I think it's pretty huge. Um, and it seems to be getting bigger and bigger uh, with the direction that the special investigation is taking. Uh and it seems to be rattling Trump a whole lot. Uh, and everyone always says, well, if Trump would just, you know, do this or if he would just do that, he, he's not going to. Trump is not going to suddenly start responding calmly and rationally to the these things that are going on. Um, and so I think they're just going to continue to escalate. And Comey's testimony provided further evidence of the incredible shadiness of the Trump campaign and presidency. Do you think it's shadiness, like deliberate shadiness, or do you think it is what Ryan said it is now? I now I, I, because I have mixed things to say about what Ryan said in response to Comey's testimony. What did Ryan say? I didn't hear what Ryan said. Ryan Ryan said, Look, the president and the, the and these are quotes. Look, the president, Mister, the president is new at this. He's new at this. He's not aware of the nuances of the law. That was his response, and he and he elaborated on that. Now, I would say that there's probably some truth in that. 
that Trump may very well not be because Trump is not, I'm sorry, regardless of what he says, the, the dude is not that smart. He's just not that bright. So, but what makes Ryan's statement an awful thing to say is that that's not an excuse. It might be true, but it's not an excuse because law law school 101 is ignorance of the law is not an excuse. Just because I don't know what the speed limit is, I still get a ticket when I break it. And it's definitely not an excuse when you're the president of the United States. Incompetency isn't an excuse because that that's what we're looking at, right? I mean, it's the same thing that uh, I said about Sessions, you know, months ago when when he was going through all this and uh, and he told Congress they never met with any Russian people, and then it came out that he had, and he, they were like, "Oh well, I didn't think about that because that was in the course of just normal whatevers." And it was like, well, look, you know, either one, you purposefully lied about it and hit it, or two, you're you're incompetent because you knew that Russia was a major thing, and the first thing you should have done was go to your aides and say, hey, did I meet with any Russians? Is there anything I need to know? And the same holds, th- holds true for the president. So either one, he knew what he was doing and deliberately attempted to collude with Russia and obstruct justice, or he's just incompetent. Neither one makes me happy that he's our president. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I have no, I have, I have no way to rebut that. I mean, that's, you know, and the same holds true. And I'm not being, I'm not just holding Trump to a different standard. I had the same complaint about president Obama. You know, people talked about, well, he was new. He was just trying to, get control of things when we would talk about you know, all the struggles that he had with getting his party in line and the Affordable Care Act when it was getting going. You know, people would say, well, he's new at this. He didn't really understand how he should handle this and what. I don't care. You're the president. You ran saying that you could do this job and you're not succeeding. Sorry. Yeah, and and that's but that but that was early on in, in early on in his presidency, at least for a little while. But it continued it it continued to a certain extent. His ability to wrangle Congress hurt him. I mean, it just did. It was always a shortcoming of his. It his, was his impatience with the parliamentary process. He just didn't have it. Now that doesn't it, it didn't end up making him a bad president. And I don't think it makes him a bad man, but it was one of his shortcomings. And you know what? A lot of presidents, but I mean, a lot of presidents go through that. The reason that I was willing to give him a pass on it, you know, the first year or so was because a lot of presidents go through that. Yeah, but he controlled the entire. I mean, it's just like when we we look at the Republicans and we're like, yeah, Yeah, that's fair. So and he had and he had massive and the more the majorities that he had like that was a mandate. All this talk yeah. about how the Republicans got a mandate in 2016, they didn't get a mandate in 2016. The Democrats got a mandate in 2008. So, yeah, yeah you're right. That was, you know, but at the same, so at the same time, I mean, it, my point is, is that it's not, it's not a thing, but it's, my point is that it's not that, it's not uncommon. Having difficulty wrangling Congress is a, it is a thing that new presidents often go through. It's 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 something that's happened before. There's precedent for it. Not knowing that you're obstructing justice isn't. 
Right. This doesn't happen every presidency. This is this is new. Oops, I fired the FBI agent who was investigating me. Sorry, my bad. Is that, is that not okay? I don't. I, and, and then too, like you know, if we elected you based on your experience as a CEO, right? Your experience as a businessman. Well, a fundamental aspect to being a good CEO, being a good businessman, is knowing your shortcomings and pe- putting people in power, surrounding yourself with people who who know better than you do. And will and that you'll listen to, and that will keep you from doing dumb shit like this. And he didn't do that. So yeah. I mean, he's not even following through on that basic thing that we voted that everyone voted for him for. That oh, he'll, he's a he's a CEO, he's a good businessman. Show me, show me this amazing business corporate leadership acumen that you have, because so far I'm not seeing it. Because he doesn't have it. He never did. He never had it. The only thing that Trump has ever been any good at is is himself. He is a he is a brand ambassador. He's Kim Kardashian with bad hair. I mean, that's he is nothing more than that. That's all he is, and that's all he's proving uh, throughout all this. Because you're absolutely right. That's that is a big part. That's a big part of of being a leader. Period. You know, it's again, that's leadership 101. Know your flaws. And and where you're weakest, you need to find people around you to 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 buff you up. Not lick your balls. Like that cabinet meeting that went on. <laughs> did you see that? No, I missed this too. What did I miss? When was there licking of balls in a cabinet meeting? Trump had a, had his first full cabinet meeting last or was it last week or, or was it earlier this week? I don't remember when, when was it? It was, uh, it was earlier this week. He had his first cabinet meeting and the whole, and the press was there. They, 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 uh, they Shocking. caught the whole thing. Yeah, I know. Surprising because the, what he did was he went around the table and had every member of the cabinet effectively give some kind of speech telling him how wonderful he was and what an amazing job they thought he was doing. That was the whole point of the meeting and having the press there. The vice president thanked him for the greatest privilege of his life. The attorney general, who was about to go do his testifying Jeff Sessions, assured Trump that his message was getting a fabulous response from all Americans. And that was that was the point of the whole meeting. They went around the table and every one of them had to say something nice about the president and gushingly, overwhelmingly. Oh, you do such a great job. And and he let off the thing effectively by repeating this line of his going, no president has ever accomplished as much as I've accomplished in the first six months. This is the best administration ever. It's amazing. And we have the best chocolate cake and I get two scoops of ice cream. I mean, it's, it's, it's surreal. You should look it up. It's really messed up. Like, I mean, that was, that was, that was, that was fearless leader shit. I mean, well, it's, that's it's weird and disappointing. And I, and I hope, um, I'm interested because there are several members of the cabinet who I like and respect. So I'm, I'm having a hard time envisioning Mattis and McMaster licking. I mean, I, I I don't know if they were there. I think they were, but I I I couldn't watch. But and if you watch this, just the 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 big Cheshire Gretsch 
cat shit eating grin all over his face is just it's it's mortifying. It 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 might as well have been one of those shirtless Putin pictures where he's out hunting bears. Oh. Oh my god, it was gross. Okay. Weird and we're moving on. Paris. The withdrawal from Paris. How does I <sighs> I mean, we, do we really even need to say that we're against this? That's bad. It's stupid, and just get outraged. I mean, I don't know. It. It. But at the same time, okay. So here's 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 a question. It's 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 a big deal to me, not because of what it was going to accomplish. Okay, I think everything that was in Paris that we were working towards, we're still working towards it. And the business world is actually taking care of a lot of this. Some of that because they got nuts. Look at you, you free little free marketer. Now, some nice of that is because work. right, but some of that is because they've been getting nudged by the government. But some of it is because they've been getting nudged by the market, and other things have happened, and and that's good, right? So my point is, is that from a standpoint of what this is actually going to accomplish on the climate front. I, I don't know how much it matters. Where it matters to me is this issue of leadership. And what bugs the shit out of me is is all of it for eight years. Oh, we're so weak. We're losing our standing in the world. Nobody respects us anymore. Well, you know what? Nobody respects us anymore. Because we're backing out of shit left and right. And that's to me that to me is why Paris matters. Yeah, I, th- I think that's spot on. I mean, the main place, uh, you know, the, the the climate is going to continue to improve as uh, natural gas becomes uh, more and more of a of a key player in the the world of natural resources. Um, and the, so, like you said, the market the market's going to be handling a lot of that. Uh, the the primary you're absolutely right. The, the the primary issue here is that the entire world, right? I mean, what 160 countries or something ridiculous like this. Every, everybody but Syria, North Korea, and us. Yeah, is in so, on I mean, this. So we're in we're in, in good company. This. Everyone is working together on this, um, and we're just choosing not to. Um, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna play with them anymore, uh, and, and it's. It's enormously disappointing. It's very poor leadership. You know, if we if we really believe that America is something special, that we're that we're important and that we are the leader of the free world, then we have to be involved with these things. And when if things go the way a way that we don't like, we can't just you know pick up our ball and go home. Um, and we do. And and this isn't. It's not unheard of that we're just not involved in something, right? Like, you know, you always hear about uh, the the hog, the hag, the hag. How do you say it? H-A-G-U-E. It's the hag. Yeah. Whether, okay, that, that's how we say it. Now, if that's whether or not that's how they say it, I don't know. But it's, it's like for sales, and, for sales in Versailles, you know. But we're, we're not a part Kentucky of Kentucky and say Versailles. Go nuts, kids. Yeah. But, like, we're not a part of that, right? We right. We, yeah. we refused. Um so I, I guess there is precedent for us doing that, but I, I don't think that's a good thing that we're not involved in that one either. So, uh, I, I, yeah, I, everything that you're saying, 
we're we're we we need to be involved with the Paris Climate uh, Accord. Just because everyone else is a part of this, and we want to be the ones leading and directing and guiding, whereas now we're just sort of going, "Well, here you go, China." <laughs> yeah, and that's that, that's what that's what really freaks me out. And again, it's what bugs me about all this, about the last eight years is that uh, about what's what's happened is that you know the response to Obama was that we abdicated all this responsibility and we were letting China fill the void. When in fact that wasn't actually what was happening at all, and but now it is what's happening, like legit, like it's, I mean it's a very real thing, and China sees this very clearly as an opening to ingratiate itself with the rest of the world. I mean, without a doubt, you know China's participating in a lot of this crap, and we're not. Yeah, and China is definitely trying to paint itself as sort of the champion of globalization all of a sudden, uh, yeah. which is weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I mean, good, like that China is putting its weight behind free trade and globalization. That's a good thing. Uh, what's not a good thing is that we're we're abdicating the throne to them and allowing them to dictate all these things. Um, and, and Trump's not the only one guilty. I'll you know I've ranted about TPP enough for everyone to know that you know that that's abdication number one. Right, we we were going to establish ourselves in that region uh, as the primary trader, and we decided to back out. And Trump wasn't alone on that. Everyone said we should back out. So no, but it's a it's a continuation of this idea of us running around the world like petulant children. You know, effectively going, we're not. You know, nobody likes us, and we're not getting good enough. And you know, we're just mad at everything, so we're just going to back away. You know. It's it's this this behave like behave like kids mentality that is just spread all over the place. Yeah, from a leadership standpoint, and it bugs me. It just absolutely bugs me. Uh, the the there were more attacks in London uh, that cannot have helped the outcome of the election. But I will say that I I I loved again for the nine hundredth time John Oliver's like 30 second bit that he did on the show immediately after that. Did you see this? No, I didn't. He, uh, showed a guy who immediately turned right. He, he, he was at one of the locations where one of the attacks took place. And like the next night he went back to that exact location and he, and, and, and that he was asked by a reporter why. And he said, you know, I, uh, why, why should I let this stop me? If I let this stop me, if I panic, if I freak out, this is not, this is, this is me letting them win. So I'm going to come right back to this bar every night and I'm going to drink my gin and tonic and hit on hot guys. And I, and it was, it was this amazing fuck you to the, to, you know, terrorism and, and frankly to us, to our responses to this which was to panic it, the, the attack didn't even didn't even happen here. And we've basically got our, our president running around going, you're not panicking enough. Why aren't you panicking enough? Well, because you know what? They're, they're keeping their heads together and they're, and, and God bless them. I was, I was amazed while we're over here shitting our pants. 
not in small part to thank in 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 no small small part based on the our media's response, which was to shit their pants and then demand that we shit ours. I I don't know. It was, uh, I didn't I notice that from the media. I didn't. I didn't notice that from the media. Some the, some amount of fear mongering or whatever that well, didn't it's not fear mongering. It's just that it's 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 been this thing that I've noticed the last little bit. It's like that breaking news ticker on CNN never goes away anymore. Everything is breaking news. Everything is huge, and it just it's got everybody so worked up these days that it's like ah I don't know. Uh, Whatever the so obviously Theresa May's plan to uh, consolidate her power didn't well, work that out. backfired. Yeah, didn't work out so well. So I, 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 uh, what, 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 do, what do you make of all that? Well, it's really hard to <laughs> hard hard to say. Um, because Corbin, no, Corbin is so so far to the left uh, that it's really, I mean, he's crazy. Like, it's, is, is it is it a fair comparison to compare him to Bernie, or is he farther left than? He's Bernie? farther left than Bernie. Okay, way, yeah, I would almost say way further left. Wow, you know, he, I mean, he's left the way that. I don't know. Sometimes it seems like he's left the way that Trump is right. You know, like it is not, not really. Um, it, he, he's got just his own conspiracy theories and ideas and uh, yeah, it's, it's no good. Now the, the, the thing is though, that um, I don't think that this election and the results of this election we're so much about Mr. Corbin doing this amazing job. And therefore the British voters came out saying that we want more radicalism. We want these things. I, I think this was much more about Brit- Britain seeking to, to punish Theresa May and uh, the way that the conservatives are handling uh, Brexit. Um I think that's, I think it was more about that. Now, I it, I imagine we're going to see, we're going to get another shot at this, right? I mean, as there's, there's almost no doubt that there's going to be a hung parliament and that they're going to have to hold elections again immediately. And I think that the hope, the hope for a lot of people is that, at least that, you know, I read and listen to, is that the liberal Democrats will surge in all of this. You know, obviously they're not going to be able to pull a Emmanuel Macron and take over the world, but there is hope that the liberal Democrats will emerge as this, a much stronger center party um, as the left drifts farther left and the conservatives just kind of drift. So we'll we'll see. The liberal Democrats are the only ones who are openly opposed to Brexit, saying that if they got power, they would not do it. Um, 
Well, and and they were, and it was. We didn't get a chance to talk about this, but they got they got the endorsement of the Economist, which was which they was did. a big deal, which yes. was huge. It was enormous, and it was it was fascinating to see the Economist do that because I read at least one Economist article that was berating people like me for voting for a third party. Uh, you know, when you had that choice between Trump and Clinton and let's face it in the end right now, anyway, the Lib Dems have been relegated to the third party world. So it was, it was interesting to see them come out uh, in support of them and acknowledging that their vote wouldn't really count, but it was the hope of building something for the future. And that was, you know, my exact reasoning and always is for voting for a third party. Well, and there, there is, I think, some, uh, you know, I, I think that may come from, uh, you know, what is just a basic, uh, you know, frustration of a lot of people these days of, uh, you know, that if, if you're that, that, you know, somehow if you're if you're not crazy to either the left or to the right, uh, then then you have no place in politics, which is stupid. And and it, it makes, you know, a pretty good chunk of, you know, the country feel marginalized. Uh, and uh, eventually, if, if, if things keep going in this direction, then I think there will be parties like the Liberal Democrats that emerge to fill that void. Because extreme left or extreme right government governance doesn't work. Not in, not in, not in democratic societies, not in any society, frankly. I, I, you know, it, it doesn't, it just doesn't, uh, it just straight out does not work. And I can't, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't, at least I don't think I'm being unreasonable by yeah. making that statement. Now the Lib Dems are making, making news for another reason right now. And it's the one thing that it, it does throw, you know, them sort of into flux. You know, you've got. Theresa May, who at least for now is the solid, you know, clear leader of the um, of the Tories, and then you've got Jeremy Corbyn as the leader of the left. Tim Farron it was the was the leader of the Lib- Liberal Democrats, uh, and he has just resigned. Um, and a, over a very, I don't know if this is weird, wrong to say this, a very American sort of issue. It it was weird for me seeing this out of uh, out of Europe. Uh, but he, he resigned because he no longer felt that he could lead a modern political party, liberal political party as a Christian. Did you see this? No, I didn't. Yeah. So, you know, this liberal Democrats that we're talking about seeing them surge forward. Well, they kind of just lost their leader because he felt like he was being forced um, to go against his Christian beliefs. Interesting. Yeah. Have a feeling we're going to be coming back to that statement here in a few minutes. Yeah. Um, so uh, very briefly before we get to round of applause, uh, we uh, Trump rolled back again, got up. I roll back whatever Obama's done. Boom, boom, Trump, 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 Trump. Uh, rolled back supposedly 
rolled back all of the big mistakes that we made in Cuba a couple of years back. Um, but it, it turns out he really didn't roll all that much back. Um, we're still going to have uh, business relationships are largely left intact. Uh, travel is uh, uh, not as easy as it was. Uh, they're going to have some stricter rules, but the embassies are going to largely be left. Or the embassies are going to be left in place. So I, I, I can't necessarily see that this changes all that much other than it changes a couple of things and allows him to get out and, you know, Trump, 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 make a statement. Yeah, it's not, it's not as big a deal as he makes it out to be, which is a good thing. Which is good. Yeah. Right. But the downside is that, I mean, I guess everyone spins maybe, I don't know, but it is, you know, he's saying we're reversing the the one-sided deal that was made with Cuba. Like, well, are you really reversing that much? Like, it just sounds like you've just added a few restrictions on normal people wanting to travel there, but you're keeping the governmental ties and you're going to continue allowing uh, businesses to start to try to develop over in Cuba. So why is this a... Why is what, this a thing? What, why are we what talking is going about this? on? Like, why did you even bother? Like, I don't, I don't get that. I don't get that. Well, he had to, he had to get out there and talk about something. You know, we say, well, what's the big deal? The reason why we don't, we say, what's the big deal is because we don't actually know what it is that Trump is doing with Cuba because they haven't actually written these new regulations yet. Right. So, I mean, they, they've announced that we're going to do some things. Uh, but the Commerce and Treasury Department still actually have to write the regulations, uh, and that process won't even begin for another month. So we'll we'll see what happens. I, I do want to highlight some of the hypocrisy here. You know, Trump has been very loving and friendly and grand with Saudi Arabia and with Egypt and with all, all the other countries that have very shady Russia, <laughs> very shady human rights records, right? Um, and he turns a blind eye. But suddenly with Cuba in his speech about them, he's going on and on and on about their violation of human rights. Well, and all the crap about the political prisoners and the, and look, and that was, that was a thing about, look, that was, that was a, a problem I had with the, with the, the response from his party in general all the way through election season when this was going on. Every time we'll come Rubio with the big, you know, crocodile tears of, oh, the horrible political prisoners and the, everything that just goes on down there is just so bad. But, you know, again, no talk about, you know, everything that Saudi Arabia does to women. Well, Rubio, no, I, I mean, get. It. I mean, that's his, that's his, that's his ancestry, right? I right? don't think, no, I don't think Rubio's Cuban. Cruz is Cuban. Oh, well, never wrong? mind. Is then. Rubio, is Rubio Cuban? <laughs> I thought maybe I'm just assuming because he talked about it so much and because he was from Florida. Um, yeah, I, 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 I may be mistaken. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know what? I had no, he is Cuban. You're right. He's a Cuban American. You know, what? Okay. And I don't know how I forgot about that because I watched all of those debates and every debate I had to listen to the Marco backstory. When my grandfather came here as a. Uh, oh, you're so sarcastic about everybody. Margot Rubio 
so I understand where he's coming from, right? This is this is his his people, and he has very strong feelings about it. And I am well, I firmly support President Obama's initiatives towards Cuba and to trying to normalize relations with them as much as possible. I you know, I'm I'm gonna be reticent to give Marco Rubio up the road for being completely wrong and play this because he's way closer to it, right? This is this way he's grown up with. So he has a he has a deeper understanding of that issue than I do. Um well, but, I mean that may be, but and Trump, you know what? Look, and uh, no, but uh, I, no, I but, call uh, BS on Trump. Hang on, I mean, I, no, I, you know what? I'm, uh, I'm going to give you that Rubio's closer to it, and maybe he's got a better understanding of it. But he was still towing the party line and doing the exact same thing that you're talking about. I know he's closer to the Cuba thing, and maybe he knows more about it. Maybe he feels a little bit more strongly, but his, but that doesn't mean that it's okay to just go off about that and then ignore the same things in other countries. Because again, Rubio wanted this job. You know, he wanted to be doing exactly what Trump is doing right now. Let's not equivocate about that. So, which means that he wanted the responsibility for the entire thing, not just the Cuban American community in Florida. So, you know, I think I'm sorry. I think I'm right to a be sarcastic about it and B uh, to hold his feet to the fire over what, you know, you know, the fact that he does the exact same thing that a lot of people in that party do, which is to flip out over this one thing, because it's something that president Obama did and they had to flip out over everything Obama did. Uh, but then ignore, like you said, you know, similar things in other countries that we do business with all the time. Well, and if he had become president, then maybe I would be a little bit more frustrated with Rubio. But he didn't, and he's the senator for Florida, who is Cuban. So I understand if he's more passionate about the Cuban issue than he is about the issues with other countries. Well, and if I was giving him a hard time about anything that he said yesterday, then okay. you know. But I'm not. I'm giving him a hard time over crap he said a year ago. And you know what? Let's not forget that I I hated Marco Rubio long before all this. You've I, hated I, him for a long time. A long time. Long this is time. true. Yeah. Yeah. Never, never liked the guy. All right. We got to move on. Round of applause. Who you got? Uh, man, I'll give it to Emmanuel Macron. Um, he's pretty amazing uh, with what he's done. Yeah, he is. I, I mean, it's insane. And now his party seems poised. To win, what is it, like 440 of the 570 available seats in Parliament? Damn. Oh, that's insane. How did, how did you do that? Like, Just for the record, Republicans, that's a mandate. Yeah. I mean, that is really impressive. Um, so, round of applause, Mr. Macron, for bringing the center back to power uh, in France for bringing some, some optimism back to the political atmosphere in France and just wish you nothing but the, the best and all the love in the world. Go get them. Yeah. Amen to that. And for not putting up with our president's bullshit either. Cause yeah. Yeah. That handshake was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> 
for having sex. Anyhow, all right. Well, I I have I have I have an I have a couple of rounds of applause that I would like to give out. Uh, one of which uh, it is is uh, to Ted Nugent. This is not something that I ever expected to say, but in in the wake of of everything that has happened, Ted Nugent actually has has been one of my examples of everything that is wrong about the right uh, for years. Um, because and and frankly, some of the hypocrisy that came out in the last few days after the shooting, uh, because these are the same people who were saying some awful things, uh, violent things about President Obama, and then equivocating about them and their consequences. Uh, and he didn't. Uh, in fact, he came right out and said, "You know what? I'm not. I I can't do that anymore." And basically renounced everything that he's been saying in the last few years from a. You know that I I'm I want Obama to swallow my gun and I'll be dead or in jail if Obama is still president. I can I could go on and on with with crap that he said while Obama was in office, and he took it all back and said I'm done. I'm sorry. Introducing a wow, really? I about fell the hell over, but uh, good on him for recognizing it. Uh, I you know I I I don't agree with the guy, but that's that's the kind of thing that that people have got to recognize on both sides, and we'll get more into this later. Uh, I want to give a round of applause to Speaker Ryan because I thought again things we're going to talk about, but his response to the shooting also was extraordinarily heartfelt and 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 wonderful, and and along the same lines, that's great. And you know what I I I want to I I want to talk for a minute about Chris Cornell who uh, we lost in a tragic suicide while we were while we were away. Uh, Somebody who had a really big impact on on my existence as a as a teenager and was such an amazing artist that a lot of people just didn't realize how talented he was. Uh, the incredible amount of range in his voice, uh, and you know the impact that he had on on my generation is is immeasurable uh, to a lot of you know mopey grouchy teenagers like I was and and it was it was it was a it was a big deal uh and uh you know we're just gonna miss him uh and uh so yeah it's awful yeah it really was but uh you know it's nice to go back and relive some of those things and you know what he used to do that I thought was uh, that I didn't realize but he used to he, he gave a lot of acoustic tours where he would go play smaller colleges and, and, and smaller theaters just uh, without, without a band, just solo. And he, he screwed up. He wanted to learn how to play one by U2 and looked up the lyrics to the song one and got the lyrics to the song by Metallica by mistake <laughs> and ended up coming up with a version of one with one by U2's music and one by Metallica's lyrics and squished the two of them together into this just ridiculously awesome amalgamation of the two songs that that shouldn't make sense and shouldn't work and in anyone else's hands I it wouldn't but it, it's it, it's just, it's it's really great it you know just one of those amazing sorts of things so it's just such a shame that's awesome I'll have to listen to that yeah so anyhow, all right. Well, we but the, to the the larger topic that we were going to discuss tonight. We uh, we uh, obviously need to acknowledge the 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 shooting, the congressional shooting that just happened, um, which is a which is a terrible thing. And and fortunately, it sounds like everybody's going to be okay, uh, which is miraculous. 
for that sort of thing. Um, except for the shooter. Well, except for the shooter. Okay. Yeah. Uh, cause he gone, uh, and good riddance. Um, uh, you know, I, the reason I think we want to talk about this a little bit is, is because this, to me, this is, this is disgusting on his part as the shooting of Gabby Giffords was disgusting on that guy's part. And I do think that a lot of the rhetoric, the talk, the escalations, the constants, not uh, constantly sort of equivocating responses from leadership in, in certain parties have led us to this point. And part of what we try to do here is to not be angry at each other over this sort of thing. And I'm not saying we don't get angry at each other. We do, uh, you know, and, and, um, we have a lot in the past, but we try not to anymore. And to try to appreciate the fact that, you know, we can be passionate people and have disagreements, but be all right at the end of the day. And, you know, I, my, I hope that this is an eye opener. I don't know if it will be, but I hope so. Um, what, what do you, what, what, what were, what were some of your thoughts? Well, I, and I think we're seeing some of the eye opening with the, you know, what you talked about with Ted Nugent there, you know, just a realization that our rhetoric, uh, has an effect whether it's um from whichever side that it is and it it grows and escalates you know whether it was the the hateful rhetoric coming from the right during obama's presidency and then uh in trump's campaign and and even now you know really primarily from trump himself you know still has a very negative rhetoric uh to the um the rhetoric that we see from a lot of people on the left now, the, you know, depictions of Trump being assassinated and murdered and, um, and it escalates and builds and builds and builds until someone, someone who's a little bit crazy decides, well, I'm going to take matters into my own hands. Um, and I, so just exactly what you're saying, I'm just hoping that, this serves as a wake up call for people that we, we can't, we can't speak about each other like this. We can't talk about each other like this as, you know, um, we, we can't portray people as evil and wrong and awful just because we, we disagree with their views, you know, now it, it does. Trump makes everything more difficult, right? Because, a lot of the response to him is, isn't just a risk. It's not a, just a, a response to his policies, right? It's, it's a response to his rhetoric. Um, and it may, it may, that, that makes it hard. It, it makes it difficult for me as we, you know, as we do talk about trying to always keep respectful and such. Um, and I feel like I do a, a decent job of that with, with everyone but him, almost, uh, 
at, at this point. And, and it's enormously frustrating because I do want to try to see his side and see where he's coming from and what he's doing. Um, but he's so angry and negative that it makes it hard. Uh, it makes it hard to do. Um, that's, that's, a, that's a really good point that this is that these are responses that for years, these were responses to policies, you know, I don't know that any none of the responses uh, apart from the people who were really out there like Alex Jones uh, and I would have said Ted Nugent but uh, yeah, I'm not so sure anymore uh, uh, you know that was it was never about whether or not anybody thought Obama was a good man or was a halfway decent human being it was never whether it was it was never that personal. I think for some people it may have been, you know, but so a lot of people did they get they get pretty personal, with all the Muslim stuff and the well, but I I don't know it it, it seemed like it was a little bit different in that respect. Um, whereas with Trump, you know, there isn't a, a lot of that stuff about Obama was sort of in the shadows. And, uh, you know, the Muslim thing and all that other crap, you know, nobody, that was pretty easily provable. If people bought into that, uh, you know, then they just weren't doing their homework. And that's and that's their problem. And I, you know, and but it's also their choice. You know, I'm, I'm not, you know, if that's the kind of thing you want to believe, go get them, Tiger. I mean, I, I can't talk you out of that. That's fine. But the the fact about Trump is that most of the awful stuff that people accuse Trump of. It's not really accusing him of anything. There's actual proof of it. Like, it's all out there. And people support him anyway. And it's uh, him just flat out saying things. I yeah. mean, it's the, the words coming out of his, his Twitter and out of his mouth that uh, that people are responding against, you know. And definitely people are taking it too far, right? Like, you can't, you know, you, you, you can't depict, you know, killing the president, you know, assassinating the president. These things aren't. These things aren't okay. Yeah, you know? no, they're not. And let me, as, as the as the liberal in the room, let me just come around and say, no, that's not okay. What Kathy Griffin did was not okay. Not yeah, that all. wasn't art. That yeah. that's not okay. You can't you can't do that. No. Um, that, I mean, that I crosses even think a the, lot. I even think the Caesar thing was a little too far. Yeah. Uh, did you hear about that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I I, I don't I don't. Yeah, I don't know, but you're right. You know, Trump does make all of this harder yeah. to a certain extent from a talking standpoint. Yeah, and still- Hillary, Hillary really did a great job of it. You know, she always, you know, I mean, as corny and sappy as you know, when they go low, we go high, can come across. She, she, I felt like she did do a good job of that. You know, uh, and and was always impressed by that. Uh, and was obviously, you know, I'm, I'm always impressed with with Obama, so it's nothing surprising there. But I was I was always impressed with with Ob- the way Obama handled everything. Um, so I mean, there are examples out there for for those of us who are against Trump of of how you can address him and address the things that he does without it. And I do find myself getting wrapped up in. You know, you you mix up, you know, where he is being hateful and vengeful and where there's just policy differences like the Cuban thing. That's a policy. 
that's a policy difference, you know. Uh, and he's obviously not alone in it. Uh, President Obama was the was the maverick, you know. I mean that that had needed to happen for twenty years. Um, you know, Obama was the one who went out on ledge and did something different. You know, all all the other presidents have kind of kept the status quo. Um, yeah, that was definitely a boat rocker kind of move. You know. Yeah. Um, so that's and TPP was you know that's as much as I hate it. I mean that that's policy. So I, I do need to do a better job of my rhetoric. I think I think with Trump uh, and and finding ways to mock a little less and focus more on the the policy aspect of things that he does and just ignore his Twitter as much as possible. I don't even pay attention to the Twitter thing anymore. I, I, I I can't because I mean, every time and every time I say I'm not going to, but then, you know, something comes out, you know, the, the leaker thing, you know, trying to deflect on Comey and, and, Oh no, he's really the bad guy. And, And then the whole thing with the London mayor that was just wrong. I mean, it would not only was it the, was it a dumb thing to do, from a standpoint of really they're going through this and you're going to get on you're going to get on 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 Twitter and make fun of them of their response. That's that's how you lead. That's that's mm-hmm. your idea of doing this. But on top of that, what he was making fun of him for was just he was wrong. He was just flat out wrong. And uh, you know it. I I don't know it 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 does. Because he makes it so easy sometimes, I guess. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't, I mean, I feel like we do a fairly good job, but I guess maybe we do need to meet him more, you know, not try to meet him where he lives and just meet, you know, a step or two above that, I guess, you know, I, I, yeah. Like we talked, I I talked when it comes to the, the Cuba thing, I guess I trumped a lot about the hypocrisy and that sort of thing. Whereas, all right, why, why do you think that we need to have open relations with Cuba? Removing all the emotion and the, the, everything. Why do you think that with this country that does have a horrible human rights record, you know, why should we, aside from the, ignoring the fact that we have perfectly normal relations with other countries that have horrible human rights records, why, why, why should we? Why, why should we have normal relations with these people? You're asking me? No. Yeah, I'm asking you why. Why do you think that? Well, I mean, I, I, I kind of think. I think there are, there are a couple of reasons. One, cutting off a country that's that close. Uh, is just not, I, I don't think that, I don't think that was, that that's a good color on us these days. And I do think that, you know, I think eventually the Castro regime is, is not going to be there anymore. And I think that it is a good way for us to try to affect change through positive reinforcement through somebody who is so close. And if we can attempt to do that there little by little, then I think we can continue to be, to, to have an influence, you know, because I do think that we can be a good influence. And I think that Cuba is a great way for us to try to affect change in a non-military fashion, you know, now some, and some of that has to do with proximity, you know, um, because we do share culturally a lot of things with them, you know, and I, I, I just, I feel like that's one place where we can have a, a good positive impact 
through good relations. And it's an easy way to do it. Uh, and I, I, I think it's uh, as an opportunity, I think we should take it. Plus I think there are business that there are business advantages and all of these other things, you know, but you know, it's sort of that whole to me, if you can't, you know, control, not control, but you know, at least impact what goes on in your own neighborhood, then why are you trying to go impact what goes on in other people's neighborhoods? You know, we spend all this time trying to, um, affect change and, and, and impact what goes on in the middle East but then we ignore what's going on in Cuba. We just we just shun them. We block them off. Fair enough. That was good. Thank you. That was a good policy discussion. Nice. I mean, am I wrong? That was my that was my side that, of it. What do you think? We should be responding you know? to this rather than rather than mocking. That's that's the way we should be responding to this. So, in honor of the people who were shot. I'm I'm glad we could we could do that. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad we could spend this time together. That was nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I uh, okay. Okay. So you one of, one of the things that 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 irritated me about you know because there was a lot of right wing stuff coming out of it. oh this is it's all the Democrats' fault. The Democrats did this. It was a terrible thing and. And, you know, it's just clear the Democrats are out of control. They're so mean. And they say all these awful things. And, of course, now we have a president who also is up there going, they're just very disrespectful. You know, very dis- They're always so disrespectful. And Ivanka was running around giving in- interviews. I just didn't know everybody could be so vicious. Really? You didn't know? You, you didn't have any idea? You didn't do any of this before? Uh it, 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 there was it was just this lack of 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 self recognition, and that was why I, I appreciated what Ted Nugent said, because Ted Nugent looked at it and was like, you know what, I whatever that guy was doing, I was doing, like four years ago. The only difference is that he went out and shot somebody, and Ted Nugent didn't. Big difference, really big difference. Respect, but at the same time, I I liked that that was his takeaway from it. But there was all this other, you know, I, I, you know, like I remember when Gabby Giffords got shot and somebody pointed out that 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 day Sarah Palin had had a picture of Gabby Giffords with a target over her face on her Facebook page. And people got upset about it and asked her to take it down. And Sarah Palin's response was, well, that's like free speech and they, they can't be related. That's not that's that's not you can't just get mad at me about that stupid liberals. It's it's that kind of equivocation that to me that has to go. That was what I liked about Ryan's response. That was what I liked about Bernie's response, which was I I am appalled and disgusted that this guy was associated with with us, with my campaign, with any of this. I'm denouncing all of it. I don't want anything to do with it. I you know, it's it's terrible. I'm I'm sorry. And uh you know, but just it it's it's that it is the it is the duty of leaders to me to stand up to the people that are not in positions of leadership that can occasionally take things too far and uh both in the media and on and 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 among us leaders are the ones that we look to and when the leaders don't come right out and say no this is not okay then that's when we start to have problems like we've seen. 
I mean, to quote Michael Jackson, uh, starts with the man in the mirror, right? That's the uh, whole thing. So, I mean, I can sit here and I can point, and I can point lots of fingers. I can point fingers on the at the right for their rhetoric. I can point fingers at the left for their rhetoric. Um, but in the end, the thing I can do that will make the most difference is point the finger at myself and look at my rhetoric and see where I need to make a change and just say, I hope that others will follow my lead in doing so. So I hope that my brothers on the right and my brothers on the left will and sisters will look at their <laughs> rhetoric. Sorry. I was like, I, I should Damn it. Gotta get there's that women. In. There's women too. Sorry. <laughs> Um, you know, I hear they're going to let him vote now. I know. Um, <laughs> That's terrible. I didn't mean it was a joke. That, that they will do some introspection and make some changes. Uh, I, I, for one, definitely will. Uh, and I, I really, I like to think that I've always been cognizant of my rhetoric and that I, I that I really make the effort. Um, but I think there is definite room for improvement. So I'm I'm going to endeavor to do so. Well, I think that's I, th- I think that's I think that's well said. Yeah, no, that's uh, no, you're absolutely right. You you really are, and you know, um, I I will say though that I I do expect I I but I I think what I'm trying I am trying to pay a compliment to some people is that there were people who were in positions of leadership who I didn't think took strong enough positions on statements from people in their party. Uh, going back to the Muslim thing in Obama. Uh, and, you know, that that had a way of equivocating over things and not understanding that they could blow up. I, I have been impressed by some of the responses from leadership for the first time in a while. And I'm glad about that. Because you're right, yes, I can point the mirror at myself and I can try to change myself, but I can also point out when I think leaders are not acting like leaders should. And uh, frankly, it's been one of my problems with the Republican Party over the years. I was glad to see some of that change in the last few days. So I, I would I would only add that. But you're right. You know, the only things that I that we can change are our own way of speaking, which, frankly, is why we will continue to do this show is because, you know, we we are trying to offer you a different kind of, uh, you know, media experience. So uh, have there been any introspective comments from people on the left? I haven't heard, and maybe I've missed them. You know, I didn't know about Nugent, and so maybe I didn't hear these things. Have I heard people on the left saying, hey, we need to watch our rhetoric? Maybe we've gone too far. Well, I think Bernie's statement was pretty clear. But he um, just disavowed. He just said we didn't have anything to do with that. He never, nor I do mean, I think Bernie really, been... I haven't really heard Bernie say anything that was no. bad rhetoric-wise. Have have there been any? I mean, I don't know. Yes, the response from the the Democratic leadership on 
the Kathy Griffin thing was pretty clear. Um, and, uh, from people that I would have expected, they, they didn't, they didn't equivocate over that, uh, at all. Um, I read some articles that were sort of defending the whole Caesar thing somewhat. That was a tougher nut. But in the end, because I actually thought about that initially when I read what it was. For, so I'm not, everybody knows about the Kathy Griffin thing. There was a production of Julius Caesar that went on uh, in New York. Uh, it did not receive anything from the National Endowment for the Arts. Let me make, be clear about that. It largely corporate sponsored. Uh, that effectively portrayed Julius Caesar as Trump. I mean, it, this was not a, this was not a, this was not subtle, you know, it was a guy with like an orange wig and bad makeup and red ties. And I mean, it was, it was Trump, but it was still a production of Julius Caesar. So it's not like they were thinly changing the language and thinly disguising it, or it was one of those, you know, modernizations of a Shakespeare play. It was, it was a production of Julius Caesar. The imagery was Donald and Melania and everybody else, you know, I mean, even right down to, Oh, uh, I don't remember who they had done as Brutus, but I, I know, there was a woman in the Mark Antony role that I think was meant to be fashioned after Kellyanne Conway, but don't quote me on that. Anyway, at the end of the play, you know, Caesar gets killed. You know, he's assassinated. So they depict the, So in effect, they depicted the assassination of Trump by in in allowing the play to play out. And, uh, you know, of course, this generated a lot of very, you know, heavy duty responses. And I, I did see some people on the left sort of defending it, uh, you know, free speech and et cetera, et cetera. And, and also saying that freaking out about it, you miss the the you know, the nuances of the play and everything. And you know what? I, I, I don't buy that. That was bullshit. That was an attempt to. It, that was that was the thing about the left that I hate. You know, you do things, you know, it's it's like people on the right have this way of coming out and, and acting as though they can do whatever they want as long as they do it in the name of religion. And then it doesn't matter. As long as they say that they're doing it because they're on the side of religion, then everything's okay. People on the left have a way of coming out and saying, as long as I'm doing everything on the side of my art, and my free speech and my freedom and my expressiveness, then I'm in the right. And that's bullshit too. So, because there are lines, you know, and just things that you just shouldn't do. And I thought that the, the Caesar thing was uh, clearly the Kathy Griffin thing did. Uh, and the Caesar thing I thought did too. So, I mean, is the left being especially contrite? I, you know what, man? I, I, I think that they have been more that the leadership on the left, yes, has been clearer than the leadership on the right about their, about how they feel about some of this stuff. Because Ted Nugent was saying all that crap for years, and you still had Mike Huckabee up there playing guitar with, making appearances at his concerts, playing guitar with him, and Huckabee's running for president. It, 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 it was that sort of thing that, that drove me nuts. And I, I, I don't think that Al Franken is planning on making any, uh, ex, you know, stand up uh, appearances next to Kathy Griffin anytime soon. Yeah. All right. I mean, I, 
I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna argue that that Republicans have responded well and these sorts of things. It's just we kept on coming back to Republicans are to Republicans are to. And no, I'm sorry, I, I haven't seen. I'm just trying to make that point. I haven't really seen it from Democrats either. And you know, just perusing headlines, you know, there is you know, Democratic leaders out there, you know, the the same sort of low level Democratic leaders saying crazy crap that you see out of low level Republican leaders. You know, apparently there was a democratic leader saying that, um, using the hashtag hunt Republicans, uh, in response oh, to the shooting. So, I mean, you know, like I said, I, on both sides, I think there, there, there has to be a toning down of the rhetoric, uh, you know, representative Rodney Davis, who's a, who is, who's a Democrat, um, highlighted that as well. You know, he, he's saying that, you know, this has got to stop and it has got to stop today. We've got to ratchet down the rhetoric that we've seen. And so, and that's good. I think it's, it's far more useful for us to use, you know, the inclusive pronouns of we have to do this. We have to make, make a change. And that, that change has to start with our, with ourselves and watching our own rhetoric. Yeah. And, and you know what, you're right. And it can't, it, it can't, the thing that that's bad about it is that it's, this has become, and whatever's contributed to it, however it is that we got here, I don't actually care anymore. It doesn't, it doesn't matter to me how we got to this point. I have my own feelings about how we got here. I'm sure you do too. I know a lot of other people have feelings about how we got here, and that's fine. But how, whatever road we took to get to this point, what matters to me is that we are at this point right now. And that eventually I, and I have thought this for years that eventually if we kept going down this road, that, that someday like this, eventually we'd get here. I'm I am relieved that no one was killed. Uh, and my hope is that it will, you know, lead to a better, a return to a better discourse. Uh, and at the very least a more respectful, uh, relationships out of out of uh, out of our leadership and out of you know the things that 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 we talk about day in day out you know um and that that we can try to move past some of this and and try to you know look towards getting you know getting getting things done and it's not about liberals versus conservatives or Republicans versus Democrats, and one side wins and the other loses. And that's the only way to approach it. It can't be about that. It has to be about what's best for us as a nation. Not about making sure Republicans win and Democrats lose, or making sure that Democrats win and Republicans lose. I agree. So, yeah. All right. Well, uh I think we will have to talk about your 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 decision next week. I think so as well. I think we are running out of time. I I think we are we are we are we are out of time. However, I think you should take us out with something cool. Given all the the craziness and the political divide and the frustrations that are going on in our country, it would be easy to believe that Americans have become a cynical bunch, focused more and more on just ourselves and our friends and those close to us. But despite this political divide, Americans gave even more billions to charity in 2016 than they did in 2015. Um, Americans gave $390 billion to charity in 2016, which represents a 4% increase from the $379 billion donated in 2015. And I think that is very cool. It is. 
It really is. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Even without the four percent, I couldn't get the, I couldn't get a little bit thrown my way. I'm charity. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, uh, that uh, as they say is that. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we will we will look forward to talking with you next week. Check us out on Twitter. I'm at Libcon Matt. Tim is at Libcon Tim. Uh, have an outstanding week, and we'll talk to you soon.